Pastor Xavier Reese says those enriched by Scripture's simple truths will taste and see that the Lord is good. First Peter says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes. He's talking to Christians. Desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The minute you're born again, you've got the mind of Christ, the spirit of Christ, and the word of God's available to you. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Galatians 5 presents us with two very distinct and telling lists of conduct. We first read of behaviors like sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, envying, and murder, which are then starkly contrasted with these, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The two opposing categories are easily divided into what the Apostle Paul calls the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And as Pastor Xavier takes us back to the simple truths of 1 Corinthians, we come across Paul's exhortation in chapter 3 that challenges believers to leave behind the old carnal way of life in favor of the new life in Christ. Let's listen. As long as you're in this body, ladies and gentlemen, as a Christian, you will have sin nature. Every Christian has a potential of carnality. It is a choice that you will make through life. Paul addressed the Corinthians as he came to the third chapter of this letter, telling them that they were in a carnal state, evident by three things. First, verse 1, the declaration of their carnal state. The apostle Paul conferred to them the identity of family, the family of God. And I, brethren. He once again calls them brethren Adolpha, from the same womb, born of the same womb. This is the sixth time that he says it. Notice the Apostle Paul confronted their tragic spiritual condition. He says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. The word spiritual, pneumaticos, means simply to be in tune with the things and the word of God with understanding. The Word of God, the ways of God, the wisdom of God, chapter 1 and 2, right? The wisdom of the world, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is synonymous with the gospel, right? That's what he's saying. He couldn't speak to them this way. They had culturalized the gospel. They had brought the world into the church. They were thinking worldly, as we'll see. Notice Paul stated that he was only able at the present time to speak to them as to carnal, the word carnal. It means simply to be fleshly, in tune with the things of fallen, depraved nature, the world. The worldly views, the worldly perspective, the worldly ways, and the contrast is marked by the word but between spiritual and carnal. All right? But the Corinthians are Christians. All right? He's not using the word for one who's not born again, sukikos, one not regenerated, but he's talking about one who is, but living like he isn't, okay? That's a choice. The quality of being carnal, sarkikos here, is to be controlled by the fleshly human nature then, though they're born again. Now, notice the apostle Paul then compared them to newborn believers. 
Paul considered the Corinthians as babes, don't miss it, in Christ. Now, when someone is a babe in Christ by just having been born again, that's legitimate. It's a legitimate state, but only as a start, not to remain there. If you've just been born again recently, your goal is to grow in Christ, to the full stature of Christ. That's the purpose of the church, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 on down. They were acting like children when, in fact, they should have been further along spiritually. They were living by their selfish ways of thinking and acting. The declaration of their carnal state was from a broken-hearted father. Notice, secondly, in verse 2, the Apostle Paul gave witness to the fact that he was cleared from any fault from their carnal condition. This is the confrontation of the carnal state. Paul reproved them by reminding them that he had been faithful to feed them with proper nutrition. I fed you with milk. He portrayed himself to the Corinthians as a nursing mother. He does this in Galatians also. Loving, caring for her children. Wisely providing the spiritual sustenance that new life in Christ needs. The word milk indicates the most basic nourishment for an infant after they've been born. We're all familiar with that. Paul uses illustrations through the Holy Spirit using Paul and them. They use illustrations that would never go out of understanding. Milk. It has all the vitamins they need. It's easy for the stomach to digest it. And it's craved by the infant. Now listen to Hebrews 5, 12 through 13. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. If he didn't, then the person agrees with Paul. He just confirms what he's saying. But I believe Paul did. Listen carefully. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. You should have been farther along. You should be teachers by now, but you still have someone to teach you. You're unskillful because you, you haven't developed by choice. Not because the word is inferior for you, not because you have an inferior salvation, not because the Holy Spirit is inferior to you, but because you have decided not to yield and be transformed and obey. Wow. When do we hear this on the radio? When do we hear this from, from pastors, teachers? Paul reproved them again by reminding them that he did not feed them with inappropriate nourishment. He not only chose the right one, he excluded certain things. And not with solid food. The word solid food, Brahma, simply means what is eaten. 17 times it appears in the New Testament. Every time it means literally food to eat, and it's translated meat or meats in the plural. Six times it's used in the letter, chapter 6, 13, 8, 8, and then 8, 13, and 10, 3. When he gets to the foods of, of offered to idols, we'll get there. Okay? Paul didn't give him, uh, here, open your mouth, I'm going to give you some steak. You got a baby can't digest it. He'll choke, he'll die. The phrase solid food does not indicate two levels of the gospel. Here's a precaution. Be careful. That doesn't mean two gospels or two levels. He's indicating the basic fundamental teaching of salvation without going into deep details. He preached the gospel. Jesus Christ came first time, crucified, died, rose again. The atonement of his blood, forgiveness of sin. If you believe in those provisions, 
He can forgive you your sins. Real simple, real straightforward. Notice the Apostle Paul gave witness to the fact that their carnal condition was their own fault. He clears himself. I fed you with milk. So what did he say? It's your fault. Ooh, parents, listen to this principle. Don't let your children turn the tables on you. Don't let them do that. He says, it's your fault. Listen, Paul rebuked them for reminding them that they had been unfaithful to move from milk to solid food due to their own choice. Wow. Listen to the words. For until now, you were not able to receive it. To receive is italic so you understand what he's talking about. Okay? He said that from the time he came to them and preached the gospel to them till the present time, they had not grown spiritually. He spent those 18 months there. He has spent three years in Ephesus. He's writing from Ephesus, okay, uh, when he wrote to the Corinthians. And uh, it would be four and a half years, but let's just give him the, the, the year and a half. But then the next three years, they didn't grow, okay? He said that they should not, or they could not handle solid food even to this present time. They should have been able to, but because of their choices, they're not, but not only able, they don't want to. You, you cater to your flesh. You won't want to walk in the spirit, okay? They felt more comfortable bringing the world in, bringing the culture in. Now notice Paul rebuked them by reminding them they were still in the same condition. Listen to the words, and even now, you are still not able. How sad. He refers to the present time at the writing of the letter here. The entire letter is corrective. The entire letter was a witness against them. The entire letter revealed their infant-like condition. Notice he refers to their unwillingness to the present, still not able. By their living after their fleshly desires, by culturalizing the church rather than being transformed as a church in the church. So Paul charged them with their carnality, beginning at verse 3. Listen, for you are still carnal. That's the reason. That's the charge. The individual, you, the Corinthians, the accusation are still carnal. They were still carnal, sarkikos, characterized or dominated by the flesh and after the fleshly mind and things. There's nothing more tragic than to see a person who has all the potential for life, gifted, and to see them not develop it, throw it away, and then see someone who has less potential and do so much more. I think of Whitney Houston, beautiful woman, talented woman, raised in the church, destroyed her life what Christ could have done through her for others. People with less talent do much more. Now, 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes. He's talking to Christians. Desire the pure milk of the word, unadulterated milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Listen to 1 Timothy 4.13. It says, Till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which is given to you by prophecy 
by the laying on of hands of the eldership. 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. 16. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. One more. 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babbling, for they will increase to more ungodliness. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, pastoral epistles, doctrine, 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 doctrine. Churches that are not teaching doctrine, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, are doing it to service to the people of God and are insulting God. It's just that simple. The confrontation of their carnal state was from a hopeful father. You're hoping. Notice thirdly, the rest of three down to four. The condemnation of their carnal state. There in three, the apostle Paul stipulated some of their carnal conduct. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Once again, there are, as I tell us, and so is mere. They're not in the text, but it gives you so you understand what he's saying. Paul stated his indictment, the evidence of their carnal state. He stated there was envy. Envy is that you want what somebody else has. Jealousy is that you despise someone for what they have. <laughs> Two different things. Envy is, is the road to covetousness. He stated there was strife, factions, divisions, arguments, stupidity. He stated there were divisions among them. We've already got the four parties split. He's going to reiterate a few of them again. Carnal. Paul stated his verdict then. Listen to it carefully. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, the verdict isn't a question, a rhetorical question. This is present throughout the scriptures. We've gone through many of them before. The question to the Corinthians is that they might acknowledge their sin and confess it and repent. Are you not carnal, sarcasm, being controlled by the fleshly mind and desires of the old sin nature? The expected answer is yes. He wants to hear that. He's not looking for mere castigation. He's looking for restoration. But if there is no repentance, no acknowledgement, there will be castigation at times before restoration. You as parents should know that. You don't want to just castigate your child. Oh, I hope the guy does. I want to knock his head off. You don't think about that. You want him to obey. You're hoping you obey. But if he doesn't, you may have to take some discipline upon him. But that's, that's not the goal. It may be a step or a means for the goal, but that's not the goal. Are you then not behaving like men, anthropos, human beings that are sinful, alive, but living as dead men who are not regenerated, though you are? The word mere is not in there, but you're like regular men. Wow. But they're Christians. Okay? The expected answer is what? Yes, we are. We need to turn. Look at four. The Apostle Paul quoted the very words of their party slogans. 
For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? The order in the Greek is reverse. One person says, I am of Apollos. Apollos had come to Corinth after Paul and watered what Paul had sown. He's going to get into that from verse 6 on down to 9. Apollos had reaped some of what Paul had watered when he came. Apollos was born in Alexandria, as you know, an eloquent man, mighty man in the scriptures. He went to Ephesus. He planted. And then when Paul went to Ephesus, Paul watered what Apollos had planted. Acts 18.24. Apollos was going to go to Corinth later. We read that at the end of the letter, chapter 16, verse 12. He didn't think it wise to go right now. Paul mentions Apollos seven times in the letter. Another says, I am of Paul. Paul was the founder of the church, Acts 18. Paul was their spiritual father. He preached the gospel to them. They came to Christ through him. Paul had sown much seed. Paul had watered also. Paul had taught them for 18 months. Paul was sowing in Corinth, while Apollos was sowing in Ephesus, Acts 19.1. One waters, one plants, but God gives the increase. Now notice Paul only mentions Apollos and himself, without doubt, because they were the only two who had been in Corinth. Peter was most likely never at Corinth. There's no internal evidence of it. There's no historical evidence of it. Though it's possible. But he focuses on both of them. The party of Christ, he just ignores. They were the self-righteous. Then Paul repeated his verdict. Are you not carnal? The question, again, is a rhetorical one, having an obvious answer. The answer cannot be missed by the context. The answer is necessary Yes, we're carnal. That's what he's looking for. You as a parent ask your child, what did you do? Why did you do it? Did you do it? You're looking for it because you know he did. And you know he did. And you're hoping he says he did. And if he doesn't, oh, you don't know what you're going to do. Because why? Listen, it's insulting. The expected response from the Corinthians was to be yes. Acknowledging their sin, confessing their sin, abandoning their sin, and advancing in the faith to not sin and live in that state of sin, carnality. You understand? You know, a judge merely presents the evidence that has been brought forth by the lawyers and he allows everything to stay within the parameters that are needed. And he merely declares a verdict of what the evidence has presented. That's all he does. But if it's exercised properly, then the evidence will speak for itself. Okay? It is not an issue that, or petty thing that one has against the other. It's the evidence that speaks for itself and condemns the person. Nothing else. People divide a church over the dumbest things, envy, jealousies. Well, I've been here since the beginning. What does that mean? There's not ministry enough for everybody so you're not going to train anybody you're not going to pass it down and prepare someone to take your place in case you leave or the Lord takes you home whose ministry is it (laughs) churches have divided over what color carpet they're going to put in no I want the 
purple, the great blood of Jesus' carpet. Others says, no, I want a blue sky. Church splits right down the middle. Oh, we're going to put the piano on the left side or the right side? These are two things. Church could split. Carnal. Romans 12, 3 through 6 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gives differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Now, you may be a little toe. You're never going to be a big toe. You're going to be a little toe. You're going to spend all your time in darkness, smelly places. No one's even going to know you're there. Can you handle it? Or are you going to be carnal and want to be the big toe? Or maybe a near? Wow. Shocking, isn't it? Remember, God used Balaam's jackass. He'll use any of us, but he'll deal with us later. God honors his word above his name. God does not honor me as your pastor. He honors his word. He will do that for his own glory, for his own purposes. They believe everything a pastor may say without checking it out, not being good Bereans, Acts 17, 11. And that's where cults begin. Jim Jones, Guyana, David Koresh. Those two are not the exception. There's many more out there. 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 23, as he gets to the end of this chapter, he says this, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Why are you limiting yourself to these four that we've talked in chapter 1 verse 11? Why are you limiting to these guys? Now, every, all of them are yours. Why are you picking one over the other? They're all, they're all different. One's a toe, one's a hand, one's an ear. What are you doing comparing? They're all for your benefit. They're not for you to pick size or to make them famous or anything else. Receive from all. They all belong to God, and everything that God has belongs to you for your benefit. The condemnation of their carnal state was from a loving father. Can you hear his heart? <laughs> the carnal state of the Corinthians. Is laid out for us here. The declaration of their carnal state was from a broken-hearted father. The confrontation of their carnal state was from a hopeful father. And the condemnation of their carnal state was from a loving father. Now, the question is, are you a carnal Christian? Then you need to repent. Acknowledging your carnality, turning from your carnality, and thanking God for what He's called you and what He's enabled you to do, and do it to the best of your yielding to the power of God's Word and Holy Spirit for His glory. Pastor Xavier Reese. 
illustrating with the Corinthian church God's hope for his children to mature beyond the desires of the flesh, having been nourished with the life-giving simple truths of the Word of God. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study called Are You a Carnal Christian? available, as always, on CD for just $4. And this message contains everything Pastor Xavier shared last night together as well. The title to ask for once again is, Are You a Carnal Christian? Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. It's common to judge the service in a restaurant by the size of the tip we leave. How then do we judge the servants of God? Learn more as Pastor Xavier Reese continues this revealing series from 1 Corinthians. Hope to see you back for more Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.